our friends at Detroit Boxing Company have done it again. Newer t-shirts, newer hoodies, newer hats, all comfy and will help you look fly as hell. Trust me. I love this product. It's something that I use. I love the t-shirts. I love the hoodie. And I love the people that work there. TJ is a fantastic person. And he puts out some really high quality stuff. So if you want some new gear to work out in, to look fly in, to look hella dope in, check them out at DetroitBoxingCompany.com. Use the code word CoreyCast, all one word, to save yourself a little moolah at checkout. That's DetroitBoxingCompany.com. Dot com code word Coreycast. Hey, did you hear the news? We got a new sponsor. Our friends at 13, they make fantastic clothing from shirts to hoodies to these wonderful knit hats. 13 knows what's up when it comes to clothing. All high quality stuff. And every time I put those t-shirts on, I feel like I'm a little bit more jacked. My biceps are popping a little bit more. And they are full of nice people. Everybody that's there is fantastic. They're some of my favorite people on this planet. They make really great stuff and Check them out on their website, T-H-U-R-1-3-E-N. Pick yourself up a hoodie and a t-shirt and at checkout, use the code word CoreyCast and save yourself a little bit of money. Love those guys. My guest today used to be my manager when I worked at PetSmart. I always loved working with Derek because he was a lot of fun and he brought a lot of great energy to the team. Recently, he left the retail world and has now moved into the world of sales. Dun, dun, dun. Now, he is working for Isaac Heating and Air Conditioning as one of the salesmen. And when I was catching up with Derek, we quickly learned how much similarities our two jobs still have together. Even though I sell houses, he's selling HVAC. Uh, We're still selling solutions to consumers. And every time I grab lunch or coffee with Derek, I feel like... We're treading on very similar waters, and there's a tons of correlations between our two businesses. So I figured it would make a really good podcast to have him on, catch up with him, shoot the shit, and talk about uh, his new business, his new venture, and how it stacks up to real estate. So if you like the podcast, don't forget, I hardly ever ask, but make sure you subscribe, hit that like button, comment below. Let me know what part of the podcast was your favorite. I loved catching up with Derek because he was a lot of fun. So if there's a part in the conversation you loved, put it in the comments below. I'm excited to hear it. Here is my ex-manager friend, Derek Fisher. If I didn't have to share an office, I would put like a small desk, remove things off the wall, and then like situate two chairs with multiple mics. Because this mic will be okay. Right. It's just not as cool as when you have each person has their own mic. I can move it in different ways. Yeah, and also There's two like audio sounds cover. Yes. That's see, that's upgrades though. Next time. Like I need to get a a boom. Just so I can move it. Like it wouldn't even I would do nothing like, with it. You situate and it'll come with yeah. you. You're like pop it around. Yeah. I'd constantly just be like moving it around for no reason. I'd like be like, so <laughs> tell me about this next project you're working on. Just like moving it all over, being so annoying with it. 
It'd be like my new nervous tick. <laughs> that interview was great, except Corey was acting like a deranged psychopath. He could book. not sit still. He was all over the place. Mr. Fidgety. Oh, uh, man. It's one day. One day. Thanks for doing this. This is uh, I'm excited because we've known each other for so freaking long. How long has it been? I don't know, Old Navy, not Old Navy, PetSmart, maybe five, over five years ago. So maybe it feels like six years-ish. I think longer. Because I was working at Runnings for, this would be like year seven for me if I was still there. All right, so then it's probably closer to 10. Isn't that crazy? That's wild to think, huh? When you had started working at PetSmart, you came over assistant manager to work with Dwight. Yep. And we always thought you were a little crazy. Because you're singing in the morning. Every morning you're like, everything is awesome. Yeah. We're like, what is this guy's little I'm a little out there. But no, like, but like but that's good though. Like we like working at 5 a.m. sucked. Right. And it, you made it way cooler. It, it makes it different. Yeah. It, 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 it's a way to I, I think bring people together and kind of tear down borders and mm-hmm. get you everyone to be more comfortable. Yeah. It's not like a, oh crap, like this guy's here. Like it's, I've used it to just, again, break down walls. The conversation is genuine. You know, I'm real. Mm -hmm. I'm not an asshole. Right. Is that uh, the game plan when you went into like a new, a totally new environment? Because I felt like when I would go from a new store, it was about just getting to know people. And, but I didn't have a plan. For it. was that was that your plan going in? Was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta show people what's up. Show, show that, them genuine. It's not a plan. It's just who. Yeah, I am. yeah, right. Like, it's not like, a, all right, well, I have to do this, this, and this. Yeah, yeah. Like when I was younger, I think I maybe more had a more had a plan in that direction. But it's yeah. Right now, it's just me. Like it's just who I am. I, mm-hmm. I bring it to the table. I, I'm not shy. I want to talk to you. I want to get to know you. I, I want to engage. But I also want to show you, like, I'm just a dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the, uh, that's the, some people are just so, like, uh, structured mm-hmm. with that kind of stuff. And I am not that kind of, I am not that kind of person. Not to that point, right? <laughs> right. Not to be like, oh, I got to get in and I need to meet two people every day and I need to do this and this. And I'm just oh. like, I'll just let it organically mm-hmm. happen by asking, like, open-ended questions. That's how, I, that's how we hired Dan from uh, PetSmart. Uh, when we hired him, I was just like, Hey, uh, what do you like to do in your free time? What do you What do you do when you're not at work? Yeah, you know, and you get them to open up about other things that they're passionate about, and then all of a sudden you can't get them to stop talking. Right. It's just like no, like I, a switch. I, I agree, and that's what kind of me being a good spot for retail because I, I can just start a conversation with people. Mm-hmm. I can just begin talking and open them up and have jokes that kind of get people just to laughing at the situation, and then. You get them to talk. You get them right. to say what's going on, and so it's it's like I think it's a strategy I've developed over the years, or just oh, yeah, it sounds weird like that, right? Because it's not a strategy. I don't, yeah. I don't like hmm, well, right. first a. I got to step with my left foot. <laughs> B. My right foot. <laughs> then smile. I can't take no. Yeah. I, I just it just develops, and it's more fun that way. I think. Yeah, right. A little more. Uh, well, that's that was one of the better qualities of you you were always uh you're very genuine and very personal person has that kind of been able to help you in the new career path i 
yes, it's going to help me. Um, but first of all, I mean, I, it's a completely different environment, atmosphere, yeah. industry. So I went from retail to HVAC sales, yeah, basically. Right, right. So I'm learning everything new. And the way that sales process goes, it's completely different. Like in retail, you go around and like talk about crates and then dog food or um, clothes or anything. And the buyer, you don't. You don't really care because you're going to make 10 grand, 15 grand that day. And it goes on but this is your you're tied to those sales mm-hmm. and there's a, it's a different tightrope to walk of how to because you're not asking for 10 15 17 20 thousand dollars to do xy improvement right. to their house so how do you i don't want to say convince them this is the best way to go how, how do you show help? them the solutions yeah show them how valuable it is Get them to talk about how valuable it is to them, and it's and there's as you start to learn some stuff. There, there's tricks that other guys use and you're taught that it doesn't feel right right now. And mm-hmm. to do the certain X Y Z to to get a sale, to get them bought in. So it's trying to find how I, I be, still become genuine, still talk to people, still be myself, but then also help them go with solutions that hopefully I can provide. It's a little bit more of like a more intimate sale. Absolutely. Somebody's coming in and buying dog food, then you don't see them for another month, right, until the dog food runs out. But with with something like that, if you're working on a project with somebody, how long are you basically working with that customer for? Like average turnaround. Is it like a week or a month, three months? it, It could be like... Generally, about a month from the point you meet the customer to when an install happens. Mm-hmm. Depending on how long install dates are, it could be two months. Uh, depending on how long it takes you to build the project. So you, you have to build, you have to research the house, research what's going on in the house, how do they want to live, what's their budget, and kind of develop a solution from there that, that fits to what they want. Mm-hmm. And then, so my sales process, it seems like it's been going to maybe a three call before I can close. Mm-hmm. Um, some, some guys can do it in one call. Right. Um, some guys get warm leads, which people are like, hey, I want a new furnace. Right, right. Can they close that? Yeah. Versus when I go in, I, I do energy audits. So what a big portion of my job is to educate you how your house is operating. What's going on with your house? Um, are you cold? Are you warm? What different levels are doing? Um, where's the insulation? And get you to see... I get you to see, but help understand the importance of what yeah. that insulation can do for you. We all know insulation and save money, right? Right, because like you know, if, if you get a hot coffee and you pour it in a glass, it's going to cool down pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Take a hot coffee, pour it in a Yeti, it's going to stay pretty warm. So now we we got to apply that to your house, and unfortunately, a Yeti is not cheap. Right, insulation is not cheap, but yet you do you don't lose as much heat. Therefore, you're not going to put more heat into your house or cooling into your house. And so you stay more comfortable longer. It, I love that analogy, the Yeti cup. Because Yetis are expensive. <laughs> They're True. so expensive. True. But would you say, like, if you look, here's another good way, came with the Yeti analogy. Those things last forever. Mm-hmm. Like, you could probably will those out to your kids or your grandkids, <laughs> right? Yeah. But that's the same idea as, like, insulation, right? Like, maybe it's a big chunk that you're having to pay up front. But in the long run, mm-hmm. that probably... It's not going away. Yeah, right. I mean, it's less that you have to heat the house or cool it, mm-hmm. right? Because it's not just heating that you guys do. Too. Correct. Right. Uh, yeah, we do heating, cooling. So I can talk about heating, cooling, systems, insulation to help retain the heat and cooling, uh, water heaters as well. 
Uh, we had Isaac do generators and fireplaces. I haven't even touched on those. There's plenty of generators. Of yes, generators. And what was the other so, one? So, um, fireplaces. Oh, oh, you guys the fireplaces and generators. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. So, but th- there's plenty to learn. Like, because also with, with heating and cooling, you have furnaces, you have boilers, you have these new heat pump systems. So, there's so much lot. to learn. In, and coming from retail where I sold pet food and built puppy teams kits. and puppy kits <laughs> and all the, the, the stuff that goes with retail like and all those skills you build for that. Now you have to pretty much throw it away and just basically learn how to communicate to people. And um, I don't want to use the word sell, but I'll offer these um, mm-hmm. options for you. Well, the correlation between the two jobs of retail and sales, you're still communicating with people. Correct. Right. I mean, you build on the fact that I can talk to anyone. Mm-hmm. Now, how do I talk to them and help them understand why they want to go in this direction? But how did you learn, like, how to talk to anybody? Like, how did you learn how to generate conversations? Is it just something that just you just born. picked? You're just, right, like, some people are, like, naturally really good at that, right? Other so, people, you have to, like, work at it for. I, I think the light switch went off for me at Old Navy and the... the um, I started to realize I could connect to people and not realize it. And um, I would—I was the idiot at 16 years old wearing shorts every day. Mm. So in the middle of winter, middle of winter, I, I wore shorts because shorts. I was 16 years old yep. and I was a dude. And oh, I'm yep. not that cold. Shorts are cool. <laughs> shorts are where it's at. Yeah. I like to show off my calves, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, some customers started to recognize me and just. Through my conversations and being a goofy, silly kid, they're like, oh, yeah, you got to wear shorts all the time. And I started to realize I started I can make a difference, maybe just for a second or two. Maybe it helped them throughout the rest of their day because I was there smiling, being positive, thinking of the best of others. Like, I think that's where my light switch kind of went off. Like, I'm doing something kind of good. And when you were at Old Navy, were you a manager? I, I, no, I was never a manager. Was I a manager at Old Navy? No. I started, I had my first manager gig with Gap. So I, I was a sales lead or something oh. like uh, I would do some orientations. I would still move product around. I would still help lead uh, the team. So they identified me pretty early on that I, I could be mm-hmm. a leader. Yeah. Interesting. So it was just something that like you were just like a natural born talent. I guess. Yeah. Like it was what I gravitated to. Mm-hmm. Like I remember playing basketball at 12. I would typically be the point guard. And like I never could shoot the best or pass the best, but I could at least get the play organized and people yeah. moving in the right direction. Yeah. Um, so. You still playing basketball? No. No. <laughs> Do I'm I like, look like I play basketball? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I'm the guy that just picks everyone. All right, guys, I'll be the guy that sets the pick for everyone. I'll just stand here. And you guys are running around and do something. <laughs> That's why I just seven kids. When do I have time to play basketball? Yeah. Like right. I get home and, and cook dinner and pass out. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you. No, I'm going back oh, to yeah, like, relating with people. That, right? that like, one kid. Like, let, let, oh, yeah, it must be tough. That seven kids. That's, person. Yeah, that one kid I have. That's, that's, yeah, I feel you. Yeah, I have one kid. Go ahead and tell me how many kids you have again. That's seven of them. Seven kids, Derek. Seven. Yeah, I got one. Tell me I'm how tired. tough that one is. I got one and I'm exhausted. <laughs> oh, you got seven. <laughs> you have no time to play basketball. There's no time. You could form a basketball team with the kids, though. Right. You, you, is I, that the I, plan? You can form a basketball <laughs> team and have t- two subs. Like, there's just two reserves still. That's right. You have a full bench. <laughs> oh, my God.
going back to relating to people. Yes. I can't believe you have seven kids. Jesus, man. It's my palms are sweating. Okay. <laughs> I, I had somebody tell me a long time ago, just to get somebody to talk to you, all you have to do is ask them open-ended questions. Don't ask them yes, no questions. Like ask them, what do you do in your, like, that's always my go-to. I feel like that's a cheesy one, but I'm always like, what, what do you like to do when you're not working, when you're not at PetSmart stocking shelves or, you know, and that seems to like get them to open up about at least what they're passionate about. And then that gives me other questions that I can fire off. Oh, you like playing guitar? What's like your, do you like acoustic? Do you like electric? Why or why not? Do you play bass at all? What's your favorite musician? Like it kind of just like starts to open up. Is that the, that's a game plan when you go into somebody's house too, right? Like you're trying to ask these open-ended questions for Mm -hmm. what their problem is, what would be in their budget, what's the expected outcome, stuff like that. Yeah, you have that as a general game plan. Um, I'm more, I like to pepper in the the goofy, silly things and uh, I get sidetracked on talking about kids and like, I get sidetracked on talking about stuff. So like, I try to get, I don't try to get them. To, like, I have fun talking about other things too. Yeah. Like, and it's, it's like you have to come back to the conversation. Then I get on tangents all the time talking, just talking to friends. Like, you get on a tangent talking about some ridiculous thing in the world, and then you have to pull it. But like, yeah, I, I, I can naturally fl- throw flow through a conversation and not be like, oh, I get that asking open questions. Right. I, I can, I can generally get into silly, goofy things and find the humor in what is being said and that's i guess more my route mm-hmm. is to enjoy the conversation and then things open up gotcha when i got when i first got into real estate i didn't like the term scripts because scripts felt very icky it was just like i say this you say that and i respond with it but what i realized is scripts is just like this go-to phrases and go-to questions that you have when you go into somebody's house, do you have those those keywords, the scripts that you're using? I'm developing them. Okay. I'm developing and starting to figure out what's working, what's not working, and how I can key on things. So it's developing. Um, and I had that in retail. Like you say good morning in the middle of the afternoon, and it gets, them a, it gets you a smile as they begin walking through the store. And as you re-engage with them, you can get them to open up a little bit more like and so it's that style I'm trying to find here as well. What was the biggest hurdle that you had to jump from going from retail to to I want to call it sales but I guess it's like HVAC sales I don't, like I don't know project what, manager or oh, What's the biggest hurdle then when you have it to go uh, to be a consultant? I, I think it's just knowing the product that you're talking about. Yeah. Because there's just so much different products. Right. There's so much. Like at PetSmart, I had the solution already. Mm-hmm. It was there for 10 years. Like right. you, you could fire off any question that I could yeah. have at least a beginning and middle. And maybe we can talk about those things and find the solution in our conversation. Right. Here, I'm like, oh, what do you mean? I will say PetSmart had fantastic training. <laughs> like they like a part of the reason why I could answer all those questions was because they had a great training program. I would imagine they also have a very great they have really good resources and it's just but there's so much information it's, it's very dense like i have nothing i started with nothing yeah 10 months ago <laughs> nothing yeah right like oh insulation keeps you warm yeah. heating, keeps you, 
Yeah, it gives you more warmth. Insulation <laughs> tanks <laughs> keep you warm. Exactly. It was like, and so you have a very, very, very base knowledge of what the heck you're doing, and then you get thrown into a conversation. And then every home's different. Mm-hmm. Every design's a little bit different. Right. So you got to really look at the whole picture of what you're doing and find the right solution. Because if you don't, you could screw up someone's house pretty good. Screw up somebody's house, but also. Like people feel like you're trying to sell them twelve thousand things over them what they really need, right? It's like you've got to find that the product that hits the bullseye, mm-hmm. right? You got to find like that perfect, right? And how do you build your? I mean, now ten months in, how do you build your client base? A lot of it, you get leads from the company, so that it's. But obviously, from there, you have good relationships. You talk to people, and they recommend you. Mm-hmm. So much like any anywhere else, like, but luckily I have a constant flow of uh, clients coming in and warm, warm leads, possibly like that, that people want to talk about. So it's I don't have to do a bunch of prospecting on my own that in that direction. Yeah. But every time you walk into someone's house, you want to put your best forward and get them to say, "Hey, this Derek Fisher guy, top notch guy." Right. Go Is talk it, to this people. Have you already started getting referrals? I've gotten one referral as of now. Oh, um, 10 months. In, I mean, that's pretty good. So your first in your real estate, you don't get anything, <laughs> right? It's like hard to get a single referral because you don't really close anything your first year. You know? So, I mean, it's uh, kind of what it is. It's very, it's an interesting business because there's so many different correlations between yours and mine. Mm-hmm. And I know we, we've said it a thousand times, but it's really interesting because it's like we can get warm leads, cold leads, but my business is very much eat what you kill. And if, I want to take a day and sit in my underwear and play video games all day. I can, mm-hmm. but that means loss of income two months on the road, three months on the road, four months on the road. Right. So I try to like every day, try to uh, get a new lead. Just try to do something that's real estate focused every day. Do you have like a routine or uh, like three things you do off the bat every single day that's work related, or I guess even, maybe mentally or physically related? Like, do you um, meditate every morning? <laughs> For a while, I was running. Uh, I've fallen off the running path the last week and a half. Um, so I was doing really well end of October. I hit 100 miles in a month. Uh, ah, I was going to ask because I remember you said you were trying to run that in a, yeah. one month. When was that, October? October of last really? year. So I've fallen off, wow. fallen off the running wagon a little bit here. So I, it's, it's tough because for me to run, I have to wake up at 4 a.m. Right. <laughs> right. So, like, it's so it's 100 to... miles, though, that's like over three every single day. Yeah. So, oh. I, I, brought, I think I ran a couple nine in there, a couple sevens. Yeah. But it, it takes a while to build up. And I'm clearly not built up to where I can run 100 miles in a month. What well, was it like that first week? Was Is the first week you're running? I don't mean a sidetrack, but that first week that you were running, how exhausted was your body was did it take a while to get used to that because that's a high demand well you don't start off running 100 miles you go like, yep, yep, yep. i'm gonna run one mile oh, right, right right all right you run that for a week all right i can run a mile and a half and then mm-hmm. uh what i typically do is i'll push myself for a longer run and then do a couple shorter runs then push myself for another long run and then do a couple shorter ones like i like in that hundred mile stretch i, I would do like one nine probably i think i did a couple of sevens many fives and then a few when you're just beat you do a couple threes Mm -hmm. but you generally like and for me i'd not i like to go for the time length 
not like I have to do a certain speed or a certain distance. Like I just get up and you swear yourself the first mile and you're like, ah, it's, <laughs> but then after that first mile you're done, you you hit a rhythm for myself. Yeah, that I'm fine the rest of the way. Right, but it's that first mile and getting up and getting moving. And I just I don't yeah. like it, especially yeah. at four four thirty in the morning. Four thirty. Well, you got seven kids. Right, well, that's the only no other time. The only other time like, that you can do anything. When you get home from work. <laughs> it's it's homework, dinner, bed. Yeah. Or and then you're so exhausted, activity. you're going to bed yeah, with them at the same going, time. Yeah, 8.30, 9 o'clock, <laughs> I'm out. Yeah. So. Yeah, wow. Jeez. So, I'm, I didn't mean to sidetrack. So running was every day for you. Are you doing anything else every other day or every day? I mean, I get anywhere between two and four appointments a day. Mm-hmm. So each one of those could be hour and a half, two hours, and then you have to pro- you have to build proposals after that. So I typically go into a house. <laughs> Every day, I actually typically try to get a coffee and a breakfast sandwich at Burndary <laughs> just to get myself going. Yeah. Um, but, like, then it's just nailing the appointments, talking to people, and then it's building the proposals after that. How do you get those appointments? The company just gives them to you. Uh, so, so, they, so they generate the leads and they pass them off what, to you? And those leads are typically, so you come in after an install, so the furnace, AC, some install, they'll call them and try to set up a um, healthy home evaluation. So that, that's one of the leads I may get. Um, there's also these uh, programs uh, called NYSERDA or Empower, where you can get um, low-cost insulation or um, HVAC equipment. Mm-hmm. So I come in after those, and, and those are audits that you have to do. And by an audit, I mean you test their uh, equipment for health and safety reasons and just give them an overall uh, education how their house is performing. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, there could be funds available for them to do continued work. So it just help them educate that and how they can save and where they could uh, improve their home the best. Uh, and then all of the people just straight up insulation, mold remediation call like, hey, I have mold. Can mm-hmm. we send someone out? Yeah. So those are the three different style leads I get. Um, and I'm the only auditor in Syracuse. So from Pulaski to Cortland, from Auburn to Nida for... Um, Isaac Keating, I'm the only person to do this role. Oh, so wow. I'm running uh, typically three to four calls a day. Yeah. Um, and just it's just getting to the calls, talking to the customers, make sure I'm taking the time. I never answer my phone uh, when I'm with a customer. That way it gives me, yeah. I, it gives them the respect. Like I, I'm yeah. here for you. I'm yeah, not, yeah. my brain's not 10 other places. Yeah. Um, get as much information, as many pictures that uh, I can. And have a game plan for my next next steps with the customer. And then typically, once I get home, it's building whatever proposals I have to do for the next day or the next two or three days because uh, mm. I'm a couple behind. Like yeah, I didn't right. keep up on it, and all of a sudden you have you piles could, up out of nowhere. You could have yeah a good three or four proposals to write in a day. I can't do that after I get home. So yeah, right. I just kind of knock out the proposals that are coming ahead and uh, stay a couple days in advance of that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. It seems like, are you far too busy to do things like door knocking and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. Sounds like you have like literally appointments every single day. Yeah. And if you have time between them, you're, you're writing proposals or following up with phone calls or right. like there's very little time to prospect what you have. It's just making the most of what they give you. Right. And that's, that is the one thing that I always stress in real estate is like keeping your uh, pipeline full, right? Of like all the leads that are coming in and you mm-hmm. want, uh, leads and 
three different stages, short-term, mid-term, and then long-term. So you want the person who's ready to buy or sell today. Yeah. You want the person who's going to be ready in the next couple months. And then you want the person to be ready in a year or next year. You know, Do you see yourself like having those three different kinds of leads or is it just a matter of Isaac gives you all these warm leads, right. people that's ready to go today? I think it's just keeping on top of the people that are ready to go today. Yeah. Because there's too much. Yeah. There's too much to kind of forecast and plan, and there's not really a good system to have that ready to go. It'd be something I have to build. Yeah. Um, and I I got seven kids, man. I, yeah. I, I get my yeah. leads I take care of now, and hopefully I do a good enough job to where they go, I'm the Derek Fisher guy. I better call him next time. Yeah. So that's what I got I got to focus on. And then there's a lot to do at home. Yeah. I know. Seven kids. That's a lot. That's seven miles of speed. Actually, nine if you count you and your wife. It's true. Right? we, we got to feed ourselves as well. How do you uh, gauge success in your job? Is it just the amount of appointments you have? Is it the amount of jobs closed? Or is it the number of people you talk to in a day? Well, for you, how do you measure that? Right now, I'm measuring it with how comfortable I am sitting down proposing and talking to someone. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, there hasn't been any pressure with me. Like, all right, you have to act, do X amount of sales. You have to get this amount of uh, leads closed. Like, everyone's kind of just letting me be and ride. So ideally, I would like to close one sale a week. Mm-hmm. But sometimes there's two or three you close in a week. Sometimes there's zero. Right. Um, so for me, like, knowing where I was in retail and how comfortable I was just talking like, that's where I want to go. Mm-hmm. Like, unfortunately, I'm not shooting for a number. Like, the sales will come. The the money will come. Mm-hmm. The comfort will come. But I have to work at every appointment trying to get the most out of it and then reflecting on it. Like, all right, I could have done this a little bit better. All right, I need to try to work this into my conversation and just get good with the conversation. And everything else will fall in line if I can get good with that conversation and be active in that. In that talk. In that the position. In that role. Yeah. yeah. Cause there was a, I was, I was very comfortable in retail. Yeah. I mean, you I, spent your whole was, life in it, right? Everything was slow motion. Yeah. Like, I, I could see everything coming. I could see everything developing mm-hmm. and I just don't see that right now. And yeah. it's every, if I can get to the point where I'm not calling two, three guys per job, like, all right, what about this? All right, what do they think about this? All right, what about this? All right, is this an option? Or Once I can limit those phone calls, I can see what's going on. I can see the things develop. I'll know I'll be in a good spot, and I know the success will come. Yeah. Like, I, I can talk to people. That's I, It's a given. Now can I do it in this role? Mm-hmm. And I know I can. Two, three years down the road, I'll, I'll be really good. But yeah. It's just take my time, not getting impatient, and just let myself the time to develop. I remember when you had first got into it, you had said your drive home was always like how you reflect on mm-hmm. things. And I thought it was really funny because I'm the same way when I leave like a like a listing appointment or if I get done showing a house. I'm always it's always on the drive home that I'm like, What did I do that was could have done better? Did I talk too much about them and not the house? Did I give them uh, what they wanted in terms of a presentation or mm-hmm. information that they wanted. And it's, it was really funny when you said that I'm like, oh, I'm the, I'm in the same exact way where I'm like, 
Music's off on my drive home always because I'm always like, oh, I should not have talked about their cat for 15 minutes. Maybe I should have talked more about that. <laughs> uh, but that's how growth happens, right? That's how right. you get better at, at your presentation. Or uh, I, I, For me, I call it a presentation. When you get to somebody's house, do you, do you call it a presentation or is it a – Yeah, it's – yeah, it's a presentation or a consultation. It's a, I don't know what I consultation call it. sounds it's really just, fancy. It is reflected on the interaction. Mm-hmm. All right, how did I do? What did I? That came off clunky, or I can see sometimes I'm looking at myself in the middle of the conversation, like, dude, you're talking way too much. Mm-hmm. Stop it. Yeah, cut it out. Right, right. Let them talk. Yeah, flip this around. Ask them more questions. Help them pull out what you're trying. What we're trying to do here, mm-hmm. and so. It's, it's kind con- of, I constantly listen to YouTube videos. I think Mark Warshak or whatever is a good sales guy on uh, giving you tips and helping. What you was know. his name? Mark uh, Warshak, I think. I, I want to write that. I have my notebook in my office. It's, 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 he's a sales guy. He has Warshak, something like that. It's, All right. um, I put a question mark because I don't know. I'm sure when <laughs> I start typing in my phone, it'll pop up and I can see yeah. it. Um, but listening to him, um, I listened to, uh, I read Simon Sinek's books. There's three of them. Those are fantastic. Um, and that's actually what kind of helped me go to Isaac, mm-hmm. uh, in the interview process. Um, the HR rep said they all had to read uh, one of his books. I believe it's the first one, uh, the power of why, um, if that's why is the main thing on it. So like, as we did that at the same time, yeah, weirdo. Just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the power of what? Uh, is that the power of why? Uh, find your why, discover your why. It's something about why. I'm horrible with names. No, nah, it's okay. We did the same. We did that same drill so, here. It was like, what's your why? And then um, it's like you draw the three circles, right? Yeah. What's your why? Right. It's like family, or maybe you want to have extra income, uh, or maybe you want a really cool car, right? That's your why. Then the second circle is. How I feel like it's how, like, how are you going to get there? And then there's one what? more bulletin. What? So, or, or is it reversed? Yeah, it, it might be, it might be reversed. Uh, so Simon Sinek in that book was people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that's what's coming through in my conversations is, is why I'm doing this. I'm not trying to sell them anything. Yeah. I'm trying to help them feel more comfortable in their house, understand what's going on in their house. How, do, how does their house function as a whole? Uh, and not trying to just sell them something because they're they're not, not going to buy that. Right. They're going to buy why I'm coming out to there and, and talking to them. So what's your why then? Just to help people find solutions. I want to help feel, people feel more comfortable mm-hmm. in their house. And even with PetSmart, my why was I want people to enjoy this process. Like so, I want people to feel better. Like I, I want them to be happy. Like I I hate when things are off like yeah. and they, they don't feel good like oh, I'm, I'm comfortable in my house well i can help you make you more comfortable in your house right. my dog's acting up why like it, your dog <laughs> you gotta walk them more yeah, right. <laughs> or something and help them understand the path and solution mm-hmm. so i i like being that liaison to help clear a path and help understand how to get to a place where they at least you had a why and that's smart i had no why (laughs) yeah that's smart i was just there because that was like my first job kind of as my second my first job was kind of on our table but second second job 
And I just was there for a long time because I was good at it. And I was afraid to go literally anywhere else <laughs> that my, my why was I was a too, afra- too afraid to go anywhere else. <laughs> well, I mean, that's why I also probably stayed in retail because I was good at that. They kept yeah. on paying me more money and promoting me and moving me around. And that's just not pet smart in retail in general. I never had the balls to leave. Right. I was like, oh, I'm pretty good at this. And they want right. to pay me enough money where I'm comfortable. Oh, I guess I'll stay. Right. And I kind of just fell into that. What was it for you that made you want to switch careers? Or was that not even like the original plan? I, it was about probably two, three years before uh, I found, found this. Like It was just the, and I guess this goes back to other beliefs too, the, the, the I don't want to say corporate, but the, the, the lack of support, the, the yeah. lack of, all right, we're making millions of dollars sending it back to home office and we're getting very little support as far as right. payroll as far as additional training as far as, like i mean payroll is a huge thing we didn't yeah. have support to do these things like everywhere i, I went every i say everywhere it's two places PetSmart and runnings it was always about how could we cut payroll because that was the easiest thing that you could do to affect your PL, your profit correct. and loss statement that was always the one thing that they would go to and i hated that because I was already like, you guys already made a million dollars this month, and I can't have a third cashier on the busiest mm-hmm. days of the year? Yeah. Are you kidding me? And the stress of not being able to complete your job to the best of your ability because yeah. you didn't have the resources to do so. And the stress of when a boss came in, like, hey, did you do X, Y, Z? I'm like, no. I don't have the, I have I, no opportunity to. I couldn't do X, Y, Z. I didn't like that constant feeling yeah and yeah the store managers i had were, were fantastic and but then once you go to the district manager regional they expect xyz yeah and i could not deliver it i didn't feel like i could deliver it and i always felt behind yeah so so did you that, purposely seek like a local family-owned company less corporate company when you had left or when you started looking I elsewhere i was just looking for the right fit okay like that didn't necessarily have to be family locally owned because they could be shitty too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like so, it just needed to make more sense. And I mean, I was looking at some government roles. I was looking at other companies, looked at other retail, and I didn't know where I really fit. Mm-hmm. And it was in the conversations with Isaac and uh, really the HR uh, person I talked to right away. Um, and it was that connection with Simon Sinek, his book. And it just seemed like uh, when you dug into Isaac and started to look at what's online and what was there for him, it seemed like a good company to go for. Mm-hmm. So um, in this role, like, yes, I have commission-based, but I'm also salary-based. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have to jump into a all-commission role. Right. So like, I mean, I've had people t- talk about insurance and re- uh, real um, sales, like reality, 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 reality. Sales. Realtor. Realtor. Let's talk about reality it's not sales. Realtor. It's realtor. Realty. Realty. Language it's, is it's not tough. my strong. It's, it's tough it's, to say, man. Uh, words are tough. So, going back to reality. <laughs> reality. <laughs> reality. Um, no, it, 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 it gave me the opportunity to just dive into this sales thing, but also have a base um, salary. So, I wasn't fully going. 
uh, right, all commission, butt naked into the the pool of sales. Yeah, that's a when you jump into real estate, you are butt naked in the pool of sales, and you better hope that it something clicks. I always tell people, I mean, in New York, it's different than in other states, right? Like, say if you got licensed today, mm-hmm. and maybe in a week you got a, a deal, mm-hmm. in every other state, with the exception of maybe three, that deal would close in thirty days. Right. Offer yeah. accepted to close. Not in New York. It's 60 no. days. Right. And even oh. then it could take longer than 60 days. Yeah, there's like, a whole even, lot of crap. I know there's a lot of like, should it take 60 plus days to close on house? Absolutely not. But we're in the state of New York and I think California does it. And there's a few others, but anyways, it's tough, especially when you don't have something, you don't have money saved up. You don't have uh, income still flowing through. Mm-hmm. I feel like I was just super fortunate that I was able to, still work at runnings while I was building this business because right. I had just checked out of that place. I had checked out of retail. I had checked out of that yeah. place. And I, a lot of people don't get the opportunity to have that, that safety net, which is right. like super important. So when people talk about going to a sales job, having full commission versus salary and commission, mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie to you. I kind of would prefer that mix. It would be nice. I mean, it's just nice to have the uh, uh, consecutive paycheck and then the commission checks like a little bonus right. every time you close something, you know, sure. I kind of, I would like that way. I wonder if real estate will ever see that trend go away from commissions to like a salaried mix. I know there's a couple brokers out there that do salary. It's very, very rare, but you don't get your commission. It's like, See, I, I wouldn't even want my most, like I I would not be wanting to do, I would be very happy just getting a paycheck. So let's say if I did this role, I'd be like, all right, give me seventy grand a year, mm-hmm. and I could maybe earn. I'll do more. Uh, I'll I'll I'll, I'll keep whatever is over, right? Yeah, like I would do that for a while at least to get me built up mm-hmm. because I know I, I can do it. Right. It's just wading through the waters of not knowing what to do for a while yeah. and then getting to that point. And it's that you'd have to find a company who wants to make that investment and yeah, yeah. that have that trust and right. kind of let you Good go. luck. Good luck. Right. Right. Because yeah. they're all the first things. year, not nobody's doing sales and in, in realty, <laughs> but, but like if we talk about real estate, there are things you do. Like if you're just getting into the job, you could literally go on a team, which is what a lot of people recommend if you're starting off, because if you go onto a, a team, of like five or six agents, they generate the leads and then they give those leads to their agents. It gives you a chance to kind of uh, like basketball players practicing their free throws, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like you're grabbing these leads, you get to practice showing houses, doing your thing. And then after like three, four years, you leave the team, start your own gimmick. That's how some people will get in, into the business. Um, but it's very, it's a weird business because the fail rate is like 80% of agents quit in their first two or three-year mark because the two-year mark is when you have to renew your license and a lot of people are like fuck this is way too hard (laughs) and they're like i'm dipping out of this but that's uh that's unfortunately just the nature of how the business is it's nice that you kind of have a little bit of a safety net with with the salary i know it's probably nothing to shake a stick at but at least it's something that you still get to take home to start off yeah right exactly yeah for sure were there any like uh, surprises that you weren't expecting when you got into the business, the consulting uh, Isaac business? I, I think it's sometimes 
the perceived lack of support. Like uh, I have a job um, where we were doing soffit work. So the overhang on someone's roof, we opened up some and it was, it was all rotted out. Mm. And I was like, oh, we need to get a carpenter. All right, great. How do I get a carpenter? I don't know. Go find a carpenter. Huh? Huh? How do I find Wait a minute. I don't even know a carpenter. How yeah. am I going to find a carpenter? Well, you got to call a carpenter. Go get him. Uh, all right. All right. <laughs> okay. Uh, the, I guess another instance is uh, if, uh, we do mold remediation, but I need a mold assessor. Mm. Or in Syracuse, no one has a mold assessor ready for me to go. So I spent like hours searching online, mold assessment, mold assessment, like to find. Yeah. Now, right now, I have three numbers. One guy doesn't have his license. So I, I have two numbers I can work off of. I got a guy. But Oh, you have a guy too? Yeah, when the sends, I'll give you. I'll okay. give you his info. I'll pass it on to you. Thank I you. got somebody for you. So, but little things like that, like yeah. you're kind of on your own with certain things. I mean, yeah, you do have a, a good team behind you, but there's things that you're kind of on your own to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's why you strive in that business because that's, that I think is you thrive in two areas is being genuine and making connection with person like right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And the second is you are able to find solutions when you get answers like that when like 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 it takes me back to like corporate when like at PetSmart they'd be like all right Derek your team needs to sell 30 puppy kits this this month and then you'd quickly be like well how how do you want me to sell 30 that's a yeah. lot right and they'd be like mm, figure it out and you'd be like okay all right so if I do this math 30 is one day every week and we have how many employees if I can just get one person to sell a puppy kit in the month of July will make it right. Like, but that's, that's where you strive is like figuring out the solutions to that kind of thing, which is like a perfect fit for you. I think that job is a great fit. No, so far it has been. Do you feel like you're getting to the point where you're past? uh, I always, I call it imposter syndrome, right? Where you feel like you're maybe not as competent or as comfortable in the position. Now, 10 months in, you have a better understanding of, all the programs, the products, the solutions. Do you feel like that's starting to go away now? I think slowly. I think it's still there. I mean, yeah. you're still running. The you always feel it, right? You're like, huh, I've never seen that before, but we'll, we'll have to talk about it. Like, But yeah. I'm okay. I've always been comfortable saying, I don't know. Right. I just luckily I get to say, I don't know less. Oh, yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, four years in for me, I think I say, I don't know less. But never have I ever been... You don't ever make up an answer. You're always like, "Ooh, I haven't seen that before." Let me call my broker. <laughs> you probably should and, go. Hey, uh, oh, oh, good. Jeez, hey. yeah. <laughs> ah, I don't know. About uh, you know, no, it's uh, I don't know, but I'll find the answer. Right. I'll, uh, we'll meet up in a week or two and we'll talk about it. Yeah. Right. Right. Do you have mentors there at Isaac? Yeah, like people that you kind of like? I have about three or four guys I lean on. Uh, for different areas uh, that I'll call several times a week. Is there one salesperson you kind of like look up to? You're like, God, I wish I could be like, I could be like them. <laughs> I mean, the, the, there's qualities of several that I, I like to try to pull in to what I have. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's not like, there's one guy that just blows everyone out of the water. Like, yeah, but there's not, I'm at the point where I'm not like, oh, he's, he's a crap piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. He's like, what? Yeah, <laughs> it's it's like all right. Well, I see how he got there. Now I gotta work my ass off to maybe eat a, a quarter of his pie. Yeah. So right. it, it's it's 
at 40, I feel more comfortable with who I am and what I can do mm -hmm. and just knowing it's going to take some time. Mm -hmm. So it's not, no one's really walking on water yeah. for me. Do you take parts of all those different top producers oh, yeah. and try to mimic them? Oh, yeah. There, there's yeah. little strategies. What's I, one I quality you've uh, mimicked? One quality, it's um, the intro. Uh, one of the guys, uh, Ryan, like how he starts the conversation out to help get the people more comfortable with them and to say, I, I'm basically a house doctor. Yeah. And, and, oh, that's a good. Way. Yeah, and yeah. we're going to go through and much like if you haven't been to a doctor in a long time, they're going to tell you a hundred things are wrong, but we're going to look at a couple things and see if we can improve your house in little ways. Like what's the, uh, I might give you a list of 12 things, but I'm going to give you a three things that you really should probably do. Mm -hmm. But all the 10 other things, maybe they're not so important, but if you want to do them, you probably, it's, it's a good idea to do them. Right. Right. Yeah. And real estate was the same thing. When I first got here, I have uh there's definitely people I try to emulate their style and how they approach things and how they talk to them. But real estate's a very weird business. It's very like very competitive, but not like in the office space. It never felt here in this office never feels competitive. It feels like we're all mutually like each other, mm -hmm. respect each other, love each other. But I've heard some horror stories of other offices or other brokerages that have just been like super, super competitive. But I'm very lucky here that like, if I'm like stuck with something and be like, Jen, how do you do that? How do you handle that? All right. I'm, I'm going to take that buyer presentation from you. I'm going to, I'm going to steal that and tweak it and make my own. But that's, that's how I've gotten to where I'm at now just from taking little bits of Absolutely. everybody to try to mix it as my own, my own signature sauce. <laughs> that sounds terrible. That sounds terrible. <laughs> Are you still doing stand up? Uh, I've done it twice. Uh, it's just tough to find the time. Yeah. But that's kind of like an Sad idea in, in the back of my head. I would like try. I mean, the last couple months I've been playing guitar a little bit more. Oh. Uh, I've been dabbling around with that. Did you bring it? You're going to play a live show for I, us, I right? did not bring my guitar. Oh, I forgot this morning. Damn. Trash had to go out and stuff. So <laughs> one thing led to another, and I, I didn't uh, hey. think of that moving. Seven kids. Yeah. Was, uh, before I had the kids, I was playing open mics a lot and it's another thing i think i've found it like i was always didn't like singing and now i still don't like singing but i think i found a better more comfortable range of where my voice is and how mm -hmm. to use it even though how I did you approach it like it how did you find that range um just get you i sung in my car more yeah and just finding what that sounds like and how to play with it mm -hmm. versus trying to emulate everyone else and how they sing. And it just, it takes a while to kind of fall into that range. Acoustic or electric? Mainly acoustic. Um, just cause I said, in kids, I'm like, what, what am I going to plug into? Um, I have no idea. <laughs> there's no more outlets left in that house. All uh, those kids took all of them. I, I used to, I mean, I still have electric guitars. Um, I've been, I mean, I have six or seven, a ukulele, a couple acoustics. I have a smaller acoustic that I can just pick up and play around. But it's I've been playing guitar for 20-something years. If you could play guitar with anybody, alive or dead, who would it be? One person. One it could be person. a singer. It could be like someone singing and you're performing. Or it could be like to you playing guitar with somebody or musician. What musician would you want to play with? What musician would I want to play with? I think right now it's Jeff Tweedy. 
Jeff Tweedy? I oh, honestly have never up. even heard that name. You are an idiot. I have no idea. Remember, <laughs> remember when I told you that I I don't think I've ever listened to Bruce Springsteen and your head exploded? <laughs> You're like, you would definitely listen to Bruce Springsteen. I'm like, I don't think I recall a single song of his. And you're like, what are you talking about? I think you immediately went to your car and you gave me that CD. Do you remember that? <laughs> I do not. You don't remember that? No. This was at Petsmart. <laughs> yeah. I held on to that CD for way too long. I listened to it once and I'm like, this is dad rock. This is totally dad rock. Yeah. And you're there. You should probably listen to some more Bruce I, Springsteen. I am. Will you listen to Death Camp for Cutie? Whoa. Phoenix? I haven't listened to Death Camp for Cutie. Since I was an emo what kid, is it, dashboard confessional. Oh, don't hit my heartstrings like that. Don't. I my would go, chemical romance. If you make me get my eyeliner out of my office right now, <laughs> well, they did have my chemical romance put out a new song that was pretty decent. Just yeah, saying, even your bands are starting to come back. I know, I know, I know. I like, said that to I said that to Brittany. I was like, you know, we're getting old when like our like our childhood bands are now making a comeback. Yeah. Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains, they're classic rock. Yeah, Nirvana is on classic rock stations with like Zeppelin. Wow, that's weird to think, yeah. huh? They, they released their stuff what thirty years ago. It's a matter of time before like. 30 years ago. My Chemical Romance is on there. Yeah. With, I'm trying to think of other. Armor for Sleep was another big one. All these like emo bands I'd go to Warp Tour for to see and just be like, Dad, get out of my rooms! You know, all this full of angst I had no no reason to be full of. All my lead singers are dying. Yeah. Chris Cornell, uh, Scott Weiland, Stone Temple Pilots. Like, they're... <laughs> like, Who have you been listening to the most lately? Is there something you've been enjoying a lot? Like, um, I've uh, I typically actually put on White Stripes station on iHeartRadio when I run, and I'll listen to that. They go through some Modest Mouse, Franz Ferdinand, wow, White Stripes. Um, actually, one song that I've been listening to a lot and playing and trying to figure out how to play is actually by Billie Holiday. Um, it is Strange Fruit. Have mm. you heard of that song? No, I haven't. Are you going to go get me another CD out of your car? No, I don't have CDs anymore (laughs) in my car. Uh, But no, Strange Fruit um, is incredibly, I I find it incredibly powerful. It's actually really about racism and how it's actually was a poem. I can't think of the guy who wrote the poem, but um, it's just basically describing lynchings. Wow. And the way. What was the song called? Strange Fruit. Strange Fruit. both Billy Holiday and also Nina Simone have, have a fantastic version of it that just it's so pointed. Like it, like you listen to it and you, it's really powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I mean, yeah, that's I don't know, I've been thinking a lot about that recently I, about Buffalo and how yeah. the shootings happened there. Right. Um, what happened in Texas uh, with the shootings down there yeah. and just with, with guns and racism. Like, I, I don't know how, how, um, when Black Lives Matter, how did that hit you when that came out or not came out? Like it just like, bubbled to the forefront of society. I mean, that's yeah. how, it's been what, two years, actually, I think earlier this week since George Floyd passed away. Yeah. Honestly, it's, didn't it's, away. Was murdered, right? Murdered, right? Let's right. put it. Let's put it that way. Like murdered in the street, right? That's yeah. a that more accurate way to put it. 
it was uh i don't know it's just it's always so unsettling and wild to me to think that after so many years we're still in this place of violence and racism and like like gross racism like that guy literally at the buffalo supermarket as he's gunning people down said to one of the white clerks i'm sorry i'm doing that like said it to him but didn't give a fuck about the people that he was shooting like this is the stuff that like and i and i know like racism ended like we not that long ago, we were, dude. We were not that about. long ago. Like people think it was a long time ago, but if you meet somebody's grandmother, there's a very good chance her grandmother was probably a slave. Like it's not that far removed. Mm-hmm. And here we are 2022 with the same gross issues. Yeah. But what do you like what do you do to fix it? Right? It, it that's We have to do tough. something, right? I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is. It's so like you think of like Ruby Bridges. She was um, the first black girl that uh, um, went into schools, uh, desegregated uh, a white school down in Alabama. And that was only what the 60s? So 60s, dude. 80 years ago. My dad dad was born in 67. Yeah. Like that's crazy to think. And I I think what hit me, like um, I was. It was after George Floyd, and actually I was at PetSmart, and uh, a black customer came in that I've known now for a couple of years, and he's, he was always coming, and I was talking to him, like, hey, how you doing? He's like, oh, I'm pretty good. And I was just, how are you? Like, I, 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 I had no words. I was like, yeah. how are you? Like, you okay? And he actually uh, told me about a book called White Fragility. Um, I can't remember the author's name right now, but reading that helped open my eyes a bit more and understand what's going on and how it's perceived and to look at things a little bit differently and understand, like, can you imagine being a black parent right now and having your kid, like 17 year old kid driving around? Yeah. Like you'd be terrified. Yeah. All the time. I know. Right. Like He's getting pulled over a good handful of times. I, I have a friend who's our age, like, Mike, my age, not your age. Yeah, dude, I'm like 21. I don't know what you're talking about. You just got you're your like first 50. Here. <laughs> I have three chest hairs, though. <laughs> so, but he was saying, like, he when he drove his her, his nicer car, he would get, he would get pulled over like 60, 70 times, like in the span of owning that vehicle. When he drove a crappier car, like a Nissan Versa, he wouldn't get pulled over that much. Yeah, and just. That's still going on. Like you, yeah. you, if you really listen, like it's never stopped. We were just insulated from it. Yeah. Like we were insulated of, because we're two white dudes. Yeah. Right. It, it's and learning, like growing up in the suburbs, like having all like I, I wrote a poem or something about it just to help to understand and describe the way I felt. But like it's just uh, like we. Grew up in. A, I think we. I think we have a white supremacist society. Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're intrinsically taught, like white people are better. Yeah. And extrinsically, like we're taught. Oh no, we're all equal. No, no, right. everything's equal. Uh, diversity is great, but it's under there, and it is really unsettling. And well, I think what George Floyd was to a lot of people was a perfect example 
of all of that happening, right? That's mm-hmm. a perfect example. We live in a world now where literally anybody can film something. So thank God. Like, I'm glad somebody filmed that. And I know that sounds terrible to say, witnessing somebody. But it was as hard as it was to watch. I was hoping it was going to be more of a wake-up call than it was for for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I was hoping – I was like, oh, my – like I felt like physically sick, like watching that as he's like crying out that he couldn't breathe. And I was like, well, maybe this is going to like wake people up. Maybe this is how people are going to understand. Like maybe this will really shock people. And I, here we are like two years later, I felt like zero things have changed since then. And it's, it's sad. It's really sad to say that I still feel like it's, it's, I don't know. It's wild times, dude. It's just crazy. Black, black people are still being treated like black. I know, I know. Like, right. These two videos currently, I think there was what an army sergeant being harassed by cops in uh, a couple, maybe less than a year ago. Yeah. And, um, uh, Aubrey uh, down in the south uh, being gunned down for running. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, how is that okay? Like, yeah, it, I know. And then uh, we're still treating people like this. Yeah. It's it's happening. Do you ever see the? You ever watch Brooklyn Nine Nine? I have seen clips of it and stuff. It is a really funny show, and there are sometimes they put an episode together that is just so well done that you're like, holy cow, and there's an episode on there um, where uh, they talk about uh, Terry Crews, a big old black dude, sh- shredded, yeah. how uh, he's like one of the chiefs in the police department, and uh, he was trying to find his daughter through a, a car, like a stuffed animal out the window or something. It was nighttime, and he went to go get the stuffed animal, and uh, the police apprehended him and arrested him even after Terry was saying like, and it was this whole episode that I thought was like beautifully written on a perspective that I've never had before. Like having to like deal with worrying about if you were going to get arrested for dude, he went out of his car to grab his daughter's like stuffed animal. Like it's not that far from reality that something like that could happen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I felt like they did a really good job, like piecing that, that together and really showing how like that shit is still still could happen today yeah. you know just uh i don't know man it's a wild time and i like what's what's the answer be everybody be more loving like how can we teach people i, I, that? I, I like, think as white guys when we hear other white guys being awful call them out on their bullshit we have to start talking and speaking up and i know yeah. it's not a strong suit of mind in the past and i've and I, I have, I have to do better. Mm-hmm. I have to do better because I, I couldn't imagine having a, a black kid knowing they're going to deal with this shit. Yeah, and right. being taught, and they're taught this right away. Yeah. We're not. Right. We're like me at thirty eight, thirty nine. I'm like, oh wow, this is going on. I thought, I thought racism ended with Martin Luther King, and then when we yeah. uh, right. elected Barack Obama, oh, this right. is gone. Right. This is not racist anymore, and yet it is terrible. Like that, that when Donald Trump came to office and things started bubbling up, it's like, wow. Martin Luther King, nineteen sixty-eight. That's not long ago. No, that is not long ago. Like that is when you think I'm okay. It's like it's was a very very long time ago, and that was a little over fifty years ago. Yeah, a little over fifty years ago. Which is is wild thing. And another, I had an idea that, or I had a, a perspective that was brought to me. Uh, how about having money? Like these are all the examples, right? Like money 
with actual slave owner. These people own slave that's on our currency that we use today. It's something I never thought about until I heard the other day. I was like, wow, that is something I've never thought of before. It's wild. I know, right? Isn't that crazy? Unacceptable. Yeah, right. I know. That's that's what I'm like. It's just uh I don't know. There's a lot of different perspectives I haven't had in my life before and seeing it from under the lens of not only George Floyd, but all these other examples, it's really disheartening and it's it's frustrating because I feel like we don't have the answers and we're we're not doing anything to to try to change that. Right. No, it's it's tough to hear and see and like that guy in Buffalo, the replacement theory. Like, dude, come on, dude. No one's trying to replace us. Dude. Like, no one's replacing anyone. We're 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 trying to listen and like we're all the same. Like it doesn't yeah. like we're just a little bit different. Yeah. So what? Right. Black people have dreads. Their right. hair's different. Right. Big deal. Right. It's <laughs> I don't know, man. It's uh unsettling, and I hope just something can happen. Jeez, I did not think this podcast was going to turn into into this. I guess it turned into this. Yeah. Wow. Holy cow. But no, it's just um I don't know. I don't know how many times I can say it's disheartening and sad. It's tough. sad to see. And then also like and the other thing I. It's on my mind is just the kids and guns and schools and yeah, like that the the Buffalo incident and and I, I, unfortunately they're related a little bit because they happen so close together. But how do we how in society do we produce so many eighteen year olds, sixteen year olds going into schools and shooting kids? Yeah, schools, movie theaters. I mean, dude, grocery stores. People were just yeah. shopping. Yeah. School, like how how does anyone in that uh, community like, like Sandy Hook or I can't even say that you I read it about it wrong time. Uh you'll Oh yeah, I can never <laughs> say that. I can't say that city. <laughs> but like how how as a parent do you do you go on or how if your kids survive, do you look at your neighbor who might have lost a kid? Yeah. How how do those kids go back to school and is it teacher like how does that community go on that's the kind of trauma that people get when they're in war oh absolutely you know what i mean like not not as a a kid in like fourth grade you know what i mean like not that is something you that's a traumatizing event that people see and like i always keep referring to that like death is something that we're supposed to see in war not in a school not in a grocery store dude i was just trying to get apples and you watch people get mowed down in front of you like the processing all that how do you go back to normal just one day at a time like that's tough man that's like i i don't know if i'd feel comfortable even living in that city anymore can you feel comfortable anywhere because that's happening anywhere everywhere like the kid bought two ar-15s just i'm 18 i can buy right semi-automatic legally and they're like oh sure have fun right what i can't believe those are available i know like and it's happened more than once and i was right reading an interesting article from the principal of columbine and he said arming with teachers with guns that's still not going to work because when i look at that kid coming down the hall i still see an 18 year old kid who i want to help like i'm not thinking about drawing my weapon to stop him i'm thinking about helping him put down that gun yeah because they're hurting too. Like, how are we creating these eighteen-year-old kids that are just so pent up with rage and frustration and anger that they want to just murder these kids? 
like we're creating that too. So yeah, I believe any kid who does that should be held responsible, but we seriously failed those ch- children as well. Do you think it's weird? Do you think the parents? I think all of us. Yeah. I, I think the society that we're building and that we're, we've created. And I, what I mean is it's cell phones attribute to that, the, the parents attribute to that and what they're going through. Like there's so many pieces to that. Like, and it's not just bullying in school because we all got bullied a little bit, but it's the, the, how it's developed and changed over the years. It's, we don't do it face to face anymore. When you say, all right, I think you're a fucking asshole. Yeah. And you go, Oh, look at his face. looks kind of turned. It's like, <laughs> kind of sad. Like that kind of hurt him. Yeah. That's kind of, kind of hurt me. No, you get to say it behind a screen and, and never and, see the, emotion. and these trolls, like they just lay out the, the best burn and you, you don't just see the impact of that. Like, I think when my kids are beating each other up and hurt another one, you say, look at their face. This is what you did. Mm-hmm. This is the impact you made with your words and your actions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's removed now. Teach. Right, because you just sit behind the screen. There's kids just sitting in their rooms, dicking around on their phones, yeah. instead of going outside and playing in dirt. All right. um, I guess one of my thoughts in the world, as far as uh, like we have now, um, uh, what are they called? Shoot, um, losing. Um, they're boxes, uh, sensory boxes. You go through, you can dig in oh, sand, yeah. dig yep. in rocks and find things. Our, our sensory boxes used to be going outside. Mm. <laughs> like, Not right here. Now we're, now we're just, yeah, everything is right here. It's, uh, it's uh, Simon Sinek has a great thing that the phones, every time you get a, a ding or you win a little stupid game, you get a shot of dopamine. Mm-hmm. And that dopamine similar to what the reaction you get when you have your first bit of alcohol or a bump of cocaine or anything happy or your first bite of cake and sugar. So you start to get addicted to that and now it's on our phones mm-hmm. and we're removing ourselves. We're more socially connected, but we're not. More socially connected more than ever, but further removed. apart, further removed from each other. Right. And so we're in. I mean, the logarithms that develop that you can start looking on your phone and all of a sudden it looks like everyone's talking about racism and school shootings and the the positivity that it can make. But guess what? There's other people going down the pipeline going, oh, uh, all these these minorities are are replacing us and they have to be wiped out. And all of a sudden there's people shooting down pizza shops because they think in the basement Hillary Clinton's drinking baby's blood. Yeah. Or or something like that. Yeah, it's so weird, isn't it? Like, it's... Oh, there's there's so much to this that just binds you up. Mm-hmm. Well, especially when you have kids, I think that's that's why it hits a, hard for a lot of people. It's because you hear school shooting, you go, "Oh my god, my kid!" Right? Like you immediately like, "My god, if if I was that parent, or my god, if I can't imagine being that person." Like, I know that was my first thoughts. Mm-hmm. Like, right? Like now that I'm a dad, it's like, wow, I like it's. It makes it, I, I don't want to say, like, I don't want to send Ashton to school, but now there's a part of me that's like, what if I just homeschool him, right? <laughs> but I would, I don't don't get me wrong, okay, I'm going to say this for everybody. It'd be I, great hey, at World of Warcraft. I, I would not absolutely ever homeschool my kids. I'm too <laughs> stupid, and I'm not intelligent enough to teach Ashton anything, okay? With that being said, though, when you hear all of that, kids, kids getting shot in school, 
your first instinct as a parent is like, how can I get him out of that situation? Like, how can I get them removed from mm-hmm. that? Even though it was many, many states away, the Buffalo shooting dude, that's a two and a half hour drive from here. I know that doesn't seem like far, but that's right. pretty close. You know, I've never taken him grocery shopping with me, I guess. <laughs> never. It's like, how do you battle that fear? How do you battle never wanting to take him to places? Cause you're scared as a, you know, when I was younger, when I was, when I was like 10, I look at my dad and my mom and be like, they have their shit together. <laughs> and I'm realizing they didn't. They, did. they just played it off because I am starting to do the same thing. <laughs> He's only, Ashen's only two, but I'm still trying to play things off. Like I, like I'm the calm, cool, collective adult that has his yeah. shit together. Well, then look up to you because you can actually poop in the toilet. That's right. They're still trying to figure out where to poop. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. Maybe not after Dairy Queen, but, but yeah. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy to look back at your parents and think, ah, oh, they had their shit together. And you're like, no, they were just faking. But when you were younger, oh, I like, for sure thought my, yeah, I thought they had all their ducks in a row and they were probably ice skating and panicking through life like I do. They're struggling <laughs> with the rest of it. Derek, wow. thanks for doing this. I didn't think we were going to go down the path of school shootings and terribleness. I guess we got and, there. That's okay. That's all right. That's, the podcast like, has no objective. Has no objective. All it is just to talk about cool stuff that's going on in your life. That's yeah, all. cool stuff. Well, you a new job running over that. I mean, school, I know. School, I mean, shootings and guns <laughs> and issues. That George Floyd. None of that is cool. That shit all sucks. Right. But talking about uh, how you've now found a new love for what you do and a new uh, passion is is really cool to see. It's, it's nice to see you're still thriving. Thank you. Yeah. Good to talk to you too. Hey, thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the show. The love and support that you guys show me is such a wonderful thing. From the text messages to social media posts, it's just a constant reminder of how many awesome people I have in my life. If you want to support the show, make sure you subscribe, follow, like the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Share it with your friends and tell them what your favorite episode is. If you think yourself or someone you may know would be great on the podcast, reach out to me and we can make it happen. I love putting these out and getting a chance to talk to so many interesting people is so incredible. So thank you for giving me your time and I appreciate you guys more than I can put into words. I love you people very much.